This is 365 Honest Questions About the Bible. I'm your long-suffering host, Dante Stack, and today we're on question 76. What is the kingdom of heaven? We're going a different approach this week, as you may or may not know, or I may be incorrect, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. This is Holy Week. The traditional week leading up until Easter Sunday is called Holy Week in the Christian church. And so rather than go down the big old rabbit hole of the series, the mini-series I guess I'm starting to gallop into, (laughs) I wanted to focus on Jesus, and I wanted to focus on what Jesus was here to do. And rather than, you know, take my usual approach where we ask a question which more or less is throwing out a problem, and then I rant and give invectives and eventually end up with a, usually a few theories on how to answer that problem and leave some tension hanging. I wanted to take a different approach, a more sacred approach, if you will. That's not really the right word. A more pensive approach, I guess you could say. I want to stop jabbering so much and just listen. And since this is a podcast, I can't actually just listen for 30 minutes because, you know, that would be 30 minutes of silence, so that would be lame. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at all of the times in which, well, most of the times in which the phrase kingdom of heaven is used in the Bible. And we're just going to read them and you can come to your own conclusions. Like we're gathering up evidence, rich evidence, first person encounters with the definitions, the various definitions or descriptions of this phrase kingdom of heaven. And you can parse it however you want. I'm not going to speak into that at all. That's interesting. This phrase, kingdom of heaven, is used 32 times in the Gospel of Matthew. It is used zero times in the rest of the New Testament. But yet, in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus comes in, and it's all about the kingdom of heaven. Why? And why is it just here? Now, I should say, the phrase, the kingdom of heaven, is often assumed to be interchangeable with the phrase, kingdom of God. Luke's gospel uses the phrase kingdom of God also 32 times. And most of the times it seems to be saying the same thing. Often it's the same parables Jesus is telling to describe both the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. They seem to be interchangeable. But it still stands to reason that Matthew is the only guy to use this phrase kingdom of heaven. Why is it here? Why does it play such a predominant role in Matthew's gospel? You read Matthew's gospel, and it appears like every second word out of Jesus' mouth is some description about the kingdom of heaven. So we're going to get into this. I did want to say, because I always have to have some movie reference, right? Maybe to kind of help us click into gear here before reading all these passages. The movie The Mist. I think I've referenced it before here. It's just, it's, it's it's a unicorn of a movie, right? It's this prancing, galloping beauty thing. But it also doesn't make much sense, and there's a lot of things that are wrong or just don't make for great storytelling and some ham-fisted plot in the movie. Uh, It's based off of a short story by Stephen King, but at the end of the day, there's three or four things that I really love about the movie, one of which is the very premise. So, premises, takes place in Maine, all of a sudden this mist rolls into a small Maine town, and it's a thick, heavy mist. You can't see anything in it. And the whole plot takes place in a grocery store where all the people in the grocery store are suddenly harangued, is that the right word, by someone who comes from the mist and says, there's something in the mist, don't go out there. And so the majority of the film takes place in this grocery store with a bunch of people cloistered within the grocery store, wondering if there really is 
something out there. And it's really this conversation about, can reality really be different right amongst us? In a way, the mist represents almost, uh, I don't know, um, one of those stargates or portals. Like, if you walk through it, you're going to be taken to someplace else. Yet, it's still here. It's still, it's a new revelation or it's a new existence that's just laying on top of our own. So I like that visual. I like that idea that there's something else here. And maybe it's been here all along and we just haven't seen it till now. But here it is. And there's no way to describe the mist. You don't know really what it is. You just have to experience it. Anyway, let that maybe kind of wet your tongue. Prepare the palate for what you're about to hear. I'm just going to read the scripture from Matthew. Sit back and listen. Here we go. Okay, as I said before, there are 32 instances of the use of the phrase kingdom of heaven in the book of Matthew. We're not going to read all of them. We're mainly going to focus on the parables. And the first, what, four or five references to the kingdom of heaven are all in the context of repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The first use is in Matthew 3 when Matthew's talking about John the Baptist and John the Baptist ministry. And Matthew says John's basing his evangelism on that sentence, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then Matthew 4, we start following Jesus and Jesus's ministry. And it says Jesus goes about also saying this, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Later, I think it's Matthew 8, Jesus sends out his disciples to go door to door evangelism, right? And he says, go door to door and tell the people, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Uh, I'm also going to skip here the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus Jesus says a whole list of things, starting with, Blessed is the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. There's not much description of what the kingdom of heaven is in all those statements, so I'm skipping it for now. I want to start with Matthew 13. Everything I'm reading from today is from the English Standard Version translation. Jesus just told a parable, and I'll pick up on the story here in verse 10. Then the disciples came and said to Jesus, Why do you speak to them, the people, in parables? And Jesus answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly, I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, and did not see it, and to hear what you hear, yet did not hear it. Matthew thirteen twenty four. Jesus put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds 
among the wheat and went away. So, when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servants said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the whole wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and at harvest time I will tell the reapers, Gather the weeds first, and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Jesus tells a couple more parables that we'll read in a moment, but later, in verse 36 of Matthew 13, he explains himself and what this parable means. Then Jesus left the crowds and went into the house, and the disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. Jesus answered, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the close of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so it will be at the close of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. What is the kingdom of heaven? Keep that in mind. Going back, the parable of the mustard seed and the leaven. Matthew thirteen thirty-one through 33 Jesus put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour, till it was all leavened. Matthew 13:44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure, hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. The parable of the pearl of great value. Matthew 13, 45 and 46. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Continuing on, the parable of the net. Verses 47 through 50. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers but threw away the bad. So it will be at the close of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And continuing on, the next two verses. Have you understood all these things? They said to Jesus, Yes. And he said to them, Therefore every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out his treasure, what is new and what is old. What is the kingdom of heaven? <laughs> now there's this odd account. Um, Matthew 16, verses 13 through 20. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do you say that the Son of Man is? 
And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Jesus said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who was in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. Two chapters later, Matthew 18, verses 1 through 6. At that time the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. Alright, this passage, starting in chapter 18, verse 21, tells the parable of the unforgiving servant. Remember our question. What is the kingdom of heaven? Then Peter came up and said to Jesus, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say seven times, but seventy times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold, with his wife and children and all that he had, and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And, out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused, and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me, and should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant? as I had mercy on you. And in anger his master delivered him to the jailers, until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you, if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Chapter 19, verses 8 through 15. Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another, commits adultery. The disciples said to him, If such is the case of a man with his wife, it is better not to marry. But Jesus said to them, Not everyone can receive this saying, but only those to whom it is given. For there are eunuchs who have been so from birth, and there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by men, and there are eunuchs who have made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. 
Let the one who was able to receive this, receive it. Then children were brought to Jesus, that he might lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples rebuked the children, but Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for to such things belongs the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and went away. What is the kingdom of heaven? This is Dante Stack, signing out. Peace be the journey.